0: Home and Home. Let's talk about it with Spike Eskin, program director at WIP Sports Radio, and of course the host of Rights to Ricky Sanchez, terrific podcast. You can check it out radio.com app. Spike, good to talk to you, my friend. Who's crazier, Joel Embiid or Sixers fans?
1: That's <laughs> that's a, that's a uh, it's neck and neck right now. I'd say it's a photo finish. <laughs> I I Joel Embiid is being a similar Joel Embiid to the same Joel Embiid he's always been. And I think fans are being the same fans they've always been. I think their ire is misdirected. Uh, I I think fans, I, I understand why they're frustrated with him. But I think their their anger is a little bit misdirected. Currently, that would that would be my position on it.
2: All right, so Spike, um, always good to talk with you. But can we start with, for people that aren't as familiar with the story, can you kind of give us the timeline of sure. how he went from being beloved to villain, and now maybe back? I don't know.
1: Yeah. So the quick timeline is: the other night against Memphis, they were the the crowd was booing Horford a little bit, who hasn't played well. He hit a jumper, and he sort of shushed the crowd, which <laughs> not really in his, his uh his normal behavior. It was it was a little strange. So then the next the next game, uh they were booing again in the fourth quarter. The Bulls were, were winning. And Bede hit a put back dunk, also shushed the crowd and then hit a, a big three at the end of the shot clock, shush the crowd. I'm I'm allowed to curse on this show, yeah? They were on the internet. Yeah, yes. Am I? Uh, and then he sort of the camera caught him yelling, Shut the fuck up. Um, to to the crowd. So he, he wasn't looking at the crowd screaming it, but it seemed like he was sort of yelling it to them, maybe to himself. So then after the game, there is some, you know, consternation with, you know, our hosts, obviously, and, and fans about the shushing. And then he goes and posts a thing on Instagram that says it's that Harvey Dent quote about, you know, dying a hero or living long enough to be the villain. And then Jimmy Butler comments on said Instagram post, saying, "I know a place where villains are welcome," and Joel Embiid agrees. I think, at, uh, alluding to Miami. Um, and the picture that Embiid posted, he posted two pictures: one of him shushing crowd, the other one of him playing against the Heat in Miami. The backstory on that: Embiid and Butler are very close. Uh, I think Embiid was was pretty upset when when Butler when Butler left. So that, and then and then we go into last night where. Uh, Embiid has a game, and they beat probably the favorite to win the championship. Um, and everybody loves him again. And then the quotes afterwards were sort of like Embiid was saying, I-, "I do believe Embiid loves it here and does love the fans like a lot more than maybe any athlete I've ever seen here." Um, said that if uh, if he can take the booing, then they can take the shushing, and uh, and he wants to win a championship, and he loves all of them. So that's the timeline.
0: And so my question is: Are you more frustrated? After last night, seeing the Sixers have the ability to beat arguably the best team in the NBA and when they're healthy, or I mean, are you happier or are you more frustrated? I, I think people
1: look at how good a team can play occasionally and think that that is what they are capable of all the time. But that's the difference between being great and being good, it's just the amount of times that you can be really, really good just because they have the ability to be great on occasion does not mean that they have the ability to be great all the time. And I think that's the big confusion. I don't, I I don't know when we, when we lost that perspective, you know, Furkan Korkmaz, a, a bench player for the Sixers on a minimum deal, scored 34 points and then 30 points in consecutive games. That does not mean that he can score 30 points every game. You know, the Suns can beat the Rockets or the, I think the Suns even beat the Clippers this year that, that there's no again, that there's no there's nothing to say that that means they have the ability to do it all the time. So I don't think I am not personally frustrated by the sixers play because I don't think that there's anything surprising about how the sixers are playing. I think they're constructed poorly. Uh, I think they, they there's very little connective tissue within the team. I think they try to accelerate. Uh, the championship window of a team whose best players are 23 and 25, and when you look through the history of the league, that doesn't really happen. There's there's no NBA championships where the the best team, the best two best players are that age because they're not leaders at that point, and they're not they don't really know what that sacrifice is, and they're not good enough. So, I am not surprised by the fact that a team that was starting three three power forwards and a center had trouble scoring. You know, um, I. I I'm not surprised by the fact that a team whose point guard still doesn't shoot the basketball has trouble at the end of games. Nothing about this is surprising or frustrating to me. What's frustrating to me is that they went into this season doing what they did and that they, they spent the last three years, you know, rushing something that probably didn't need to be rushed. And I think Embiid is, the Instagram post was not, Embiid does not have a problem with Philadelphia fans. And Bede loves Philadelphia fans. I think and Bede's problem is that his the one thing he's had over the last few years as he's been through injury and his friends going on and off the team and you know, the, the general manager getting caught saying that they should trade him on Twitter, you know, all of these crazy things, the one thing Embiid has had has this in this really good relationship with fans. And then all of a sudden this week he's getting booed by them and I think he resents the team because of that, not not the not his teammates, but the organization. Because I think he thinks that they put them in this position. And when you look league wide, superstars are not are treated differently than other players are. You know, they've they've it, through the history of the NBA, the last forty years, superstars get coaches fired, they get GMs fired, they get players traded, all of these things. And Embiid has not been afforded that luxury. And we can all say, well, he should shut up and deal with it, and he's getting paid $30 million, yada, yada, yada. But that's not how the league works. And I I think it is sort of fair of him to look at the the team and say, you were playing me 37 minutes a game the first half of last year after I have two broken feet, two knee injuries, and a broken face. Um, I think he can look at the team and say, you let J.J. Reddick go for $12 million a year and replaced him with Al Horford, a guy that plays the same position as me and paid him $30 million a year and made my life more difficult. Like, what are you doing? You, you, uh, you fired a GM for publicly talking bad about me on Twitter. and You insisted on keeping his entire front office in place afterwards while I'm still here. You know, that's not how superstars get treated. And I think he's frustrated and I I think he's, i telling the fans to shut the fuck up is never going to go well. <laughs> There's not going to be a situation in which that, that everyone's like, yeah, Embiid, we'll, we'll shut the fuck up. But, um, but I can understand his frustration and where it's coming from. And I think uh, while it seemed like it was directed at the fans, I don't think that's really where it was coming from.
2: Yeah. Spike, that's what I was going to get to is everything you just said might be true, but I still don't like him shushing the fans. I still don't like him saying, shut the fuck up. It still bothers me. And I almost wonder if this is sort of his, uh, his Ricky waters for who, for what comment. And if he can ever fully come back from this.
1: Well, I, so the, the guy that I think is more similar to is Jimmy Rollins and Jimmy Rollins had a, uh, sort of an up and down relationship with fans because he wasn't afraid to be critical of fans, he was perceived as not always showing full effort all the time you know he he had a famous quote the, the year they won the World Series, I think it was in August or he called Philadelphia fans front runners and like and that was trust me w i p was was busy for a, a few weeks after that debating that, and every time he didn't run out of ball in the first place, but ultimately he won a championship and he won an mVP and everybody loves Jimmy Rollins and that's how it is i you know if if Ricky waters had followed it up. For who, for what, and busted his ass and won a Super Bowl. For who, for what would be a, you know, we would all laugh about. For who, for what, uh, the same way that we laugh about the front runner comment. So I, I, and I also don't think that people in the world have the attention span they used to, uh, and I, I think it'll be. I mean, even you wake up today. And and the shushing thing, like Angela's still mad about it, obviously. And th- there will be some people that are mad about it. Angelo, our morning show host at WIP. And there will be some people that hold a grudge. But I think ultimately people sort of uh, feel the way they feel that day based on whatever happened last night. Sixers beat the Clippers last night. Everybody loves Joel. And, and I think we'll move on.
0: Talking to Spike Eskin, WIP program director, host of Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. You got to check it out. Uh, I understand you, my friend, have a problem with my hometown of Denver, Colorado, having professional (laughs) sports franchises. What's your fucking problem with Denver, the greatest city in the country, Spike, having pro sports teams, dude?
1: Well, I look. I understand that like that my my position on this is not going to be met with worldwide um, with worldwide acceptance, and I know that the possibility of what I'm asking for is is limited. But I think the reason that Denver people are so angry about what I've said is that deep down, they know that it's true. The, a home court advantage should not be one team can breathe and the other team can't breathe. that's That's not a fair home court advantage. And if there was a a venue somewhere, like let's say the Wells Fargo Center where the Sixers play, let's say they pressurized it in a way that the Sixers were able to get used to how the air was in there all week long, but the visiting team was not. There is no possible way we would allow anyone to do that. And I just don't think altitude, when it's been proven over and over and over again, you need over a week to adjust properly to altitude, it's not a mystery why teams have problems going in and playing the nuggets, like year after year after year after year. it's not a mystery why teams have problems going in and playing against Utah year after year. The truth is though that Salt Lake City doesn't have much else, and there's no chance that the jazz are ever going to win a championship, so I, I'm not worried about them. whereas Denver is a good city. people may choose to live in Denver. Uh, the sports teams are are relatively well run you know i I just don't think. That the home field, home court advantage of being able to breathe better than your opponents is fair. Um, I think it's actually sort of ridiculous when you think about it. And I think that they should move the Nuggets to Seattle and they should become the Superson.
0: I thought I liked you, dude. That takes sucks. (laughs) If it were that great an advantage, we'd have the Nuggets winning NBA titles. We'd have the That's Colorado Rockies winning World Series. The, the Denver Broncos winning Super Bowls has absolutely nothing to do with the thin air, as you can acknowledge. So where are we seeing that distinct advantage pay off in terms of championships?
1: No, actually, if you look at home versus road splits, uh, like if, if you normalize it based on how good the team actually is, and and home home advantage for Denver teams versus every other team in sports Denver has the biggest advantage just because they have an advantage doesn't mean they're going to win the championship that that it doesn't mean that the advantage is such that it makes it impossible for the other team to play like i you know you could put the warriors you could say that the the you know the the warriors that won three championships over the last you know 10 years and say well they have to play in Chuck Taylors from 1978, Converse Chuck Taylors. <laughs> well, there's still a chance they could win a championship, um, even wearing those, even having like a, you know, a deficiency that way. So I, I don't, it's not that I'm saying that it is it is such an advantage that it makes it impossible for other teams to play. I'm saying it is a, it is beyond the scope of what I think a fair advantage is. Um, and I, I, look, I, I really like I'm you, not going to change the world. I, all I'm saying <laughs> is, if, if it wasn't true, you wouldn't be so hurt by it, you know? Like, I've seen you, Dave, right? Like, like, look, Dave Briggs, you look like you're an in-shape guy, right? You're a, a, a good-looking guy in good shape. If I came up to you and I'm like, Briggs, you are fat. What a fatso you are. You wouldn't get mad because you know that I you're not fat. Like, But if you were 35 pounds overweight and I said, hey, Briggs, you're fatso, it would really hurt. So that's why Denver people are so mad because they know I'm right. They they know that I'm right, and that's why I got death threats when I said this. I was on; they had me on Denver TV stations. It was so ridiculous. Um, one guy threatened my dog to kill my dog on an Instagram comment. So I think that the reason that everybody's so mad is because they, they can't handle the truth.
0: All right, so uh, just in case anyone needs it, here is Spike Eskin's Twitter handle, at Spike, S-P-I-K-E-E-S-K-I-N. Oh, that is God. at Spike Eskin on Twitter. Please let oh, him know, boy. from Denver, how you feel about his bullshit Denver hot take. <laughs> Otherwise, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you, Spike, and we'd love to have you back, my friend. Thanks for the time, man.
1: Thanks, guys. See you, man.